Large forest fires in the western United States have been nearly five times as frequent as they were 50 years ago, and California recently experienced its largest wildfire in modern history. When catastrophic wildfires come near urban areas, large numbers of people are exposed to relatively high levels of smoke and to the toxic substances it contains. I'm Stephen Morrissey, Managing Editor of the New England Journal of Medicine, and I'm talking with John Balms, a professor of medicine at the University of California, San Francisco, and professor of public health at the University of California, Berkeley. Dr. Balms has written a perspective article about the health effects of wildfires. Dr. Balms, you write in your article that there's robust evidence of an association between exposure to the fine particulate matter in smoke and acute respiratory and cardiovascular outcomes. So do we know yet whether the incidence of these conditions increased during the California wildfires? We only know anecdotally at this point, although California Department of Public Health and county public health departments are working to assess the data with regard to healthcare utilization during the fires, both in Northern California and Southern California. We will know for sure the healthcare utilization within a few months. You also say in your article that chronic exposure to these types of particles has been associated with adverse neurologic and metabolic outcomes. So what explains those findings, and would you expect to see an increase there as well? Well, the research on fine particulate pollution and neurologic and metabolic outcomes is in its relative infancy. There are several important papers that have been published, especially with regard to the metabolic outcomes, and that's with general ambient air pollution, which to a large extent is from combustion sources such as motor vehicles, especially diesel trucks, and coal-fired power plants. Those metabolic and neurologic outcomes haven't been associated directly with wildfire smoke particulate matter. But by analogy, wildfire particles are combustion source, so there is concern about those particles having the same metabolic and neurologic effects that are starting to be seen with regular ambient particulate matter. But there's a big difference in that wildfire smoke exposures tend to be relatively short-lived. Even with the northern and southern California fires, we're talking about no more than weeks, whereas the neurologic and metabolic outcomes have been seen with chronic exposure to ambient particulate matter. During those weeks, how do the levels of airborne pollutants in the wildfires compare with recorded levels in other parts of the world, such as cities with poor air quality? Well, actually, during the Napa-Sonoma fires, the levels in those counties actually got to the concentrations that are sometimes or frequently seen in cities like Delhi or polluted Chinese cities. It's quite striking, and it was a reminder to many of my fellow residents of the Bay Area how bad the conditions are chronically in some of these mega cities in Asia. Are treatment considerations any different for patients who've been exposed to wildfire smoke and those exposed to more common air pollutants? No, the treatment of exacerbations of underlying respiratory cardiovascular disease are the treatments that we apply for those conditions even without exacerbations due to pollution. The preventive management is different. When there's pollution-related exacerbations of respiratory cardiovascular disease, uh, one wants to reduce exposure to the pollutant, which involves uh, staying indoors, not exercising outdoors, even for healthy individuals. And if you have to go outdoors, wearing proper respiratory protective masks. And potentially for individuals with pre-existing asthma, increasing anti-inflammatory medication to prevent an exacerbation, etc., Do you also think about those kind of individual health risks when considering evacuation decisions 
for people with those underlying conditions, when's it safe to evacuate? When's it better to shelter in place? That's a very good question. And it was posed to me many times during the California wildfires. So if somebody has fairly severe underlying chronic respiratory or cardiovascular disease, such as COPD or ischemic heart disease, getting out of the area is theoretically good. But then how do you get out of the area if you have to travel for a long distance through the polluted area that could be problematic. So if one has a new car with air conditioning, if you had it on the recycling mode, you could travel relatively cleanly from a point that's polluted to a cleaner area. And so I did advise individuals who could travel that way with fairly severe disease to evacuate. Unfortunately, not everybody can evacuate to such a clean place, especially individuals of lower socioeconomic status. They may not have the means or even a place to go outside of the polluted area. What kinds of long-term monitoring do you think is going to be needed for people who've been exposed to high levels of wildfire smoke? I don't expect too much in the way of long-term effects for most individuals exposed to the fire smoke, especially in the population centers that were downwind, like the central Bay Area Because the exposures, while high for a few days, they're not long enough to be worried about chronic effects in general. So I was worried about exacerbations during the smoke exposure, but not long-term effects after the smoke exposure. On the other hand, some individuals in Sonoma, Napa, or down in the Montecito, Santa Barbara area from the Thomas Fire in Southern California, individuals that were exposed to a lot of smoke in the areas where the fires were actually occurring, not so much from the plume downwind, those individuals could have gotten heavy enough smoke exposure where there could be a permanent exacerbation of asthma or COPD, or uh, even onset of asthma. We know that high-level exposure to irritants, like in wildfire smoke, can cause an individual otherwise predisposed to developing asthma, but who hadn't yet had clinical asthma to have clinical disease. So There are some individuals at risk for chronic effects, but most of the population, I don't think, is at risk for chronic effects. So I don't think there's any special medical monitoring necessary for most individuals. But some individuals who developed exacerbations of their asthma or COP or heart disease will have to be followed to make sure that they return to baseline. Finally, you talk in your article about forest maintenance activities as one way that local areas can prepare for wildfires. What can physicians and the public health community do to prevent the health problems associated with these wildfires? Well, just like we advocate for more rational health care financing in this country, we need to advocate for forest maintenance. It's really a shame. Congress has asked repeatedly to increase the budget of the U.S. Forest Service for fire suppression to fight these fires, but does not allocate sufficient money to try to prevent catastrophic fires by forest maintenance. We need to clear the underbrush. We should be doing prescribed burns to burn fuel so that forests will not burn in a catastrophic way. By catastrophic fire, I mean redwoods in my state here in California are actually, they've evolved to deal with lightning fires of a relatively small magnitude. It actually helps them grow because the underbrush is burned and they're relatively fire resistant. But when the fires get into the canopy of the redwoods, the redwoods die. So Just to give you a specific example, there was a big fire in Yosemite a few years ago called the Rim Fire. Prior to this year, that was the biggest fire in California history. And the fire actually, while starting in Yosemite, 
burned less in Yosemite than the adjacent Stanislaus National Forest because the National Park Service that runs Yosemite had enough money to do preventive maintenance in the Yosemite Forest, whereas the National Forest run by the U.S. Forest Service that was adjacent hadn't done preventive maintenance. So most of the fire burned in the National Forest as opposed to Yosemite. Thank you, Dr. Baum.